As we get started again this morning, uh, I always like to tell people, I told Tracy when he called me and asked me to come speak, I said, now just so you know, I've got a rule of public speaking. The first time you invite me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go short. We're just going to be in, we're going to get it done, we're going to get out. That way you like me and you invite me back a second time. If you invite me back a second time, that means I did okay, so hey, we can stay a little bit longer. Now if you invite me back a third time, just go ahead and be prepared. Bring your lunch. If you hear Brad's coming, we're going to be here a while. So the third time, we're just going to stay a while. But thank you so much for this opportunity. I am honored to be here with you this morning. I forgot something else when I was up here earlier. A little word of advice to you. Make sure and read your job description very carefully. My title is Donor and Church Relations Officer. So being the good old country boy from Alabama, every officer I ever knew had a badge and gun. I am still waiting on mine. Um, there is a board member here. If you would like to write him a letter on my behalf asking to give me a badge and gun to fit my title, I would appreciate it. Um, but that is, that is what I do. As we get started this morning, I want you to think about that number right there. $53,000. Um, being a little, again, country boy from Alabama, that's a significant amount of money. That right there was the average yearly income during, for the United States during 2021. I'm going to give you permission, as the fill-in preacher I can do this, give you permission to be materialistic for just a minute. Think about what you could do with $53,000. And I want you to think about it and put it in this vase, or put it in this little glass container, and we'll get back to it. It may be that dream car that you have, uh, for us being from Alabama, it may be season tickets to that football team that you love, sitting on the 50-yard line, 15 rows up. I mean, just the perfect spot that you want to be. Some of you may could spend that in a dress. If so, hey, that's okay. I'm leaving that up to you. But whatever you could do, I want you to put it in here, and we'll come back to that. $53,000 in that vase. Let's start with a prayer. And then we'll jump into our lesson. Dearly Father, thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for who you are in our lives. We know that all blessings come from you and through you, and that without you we have nothing. That we're just stewards of what you have given us. And we hope that you show us that today and show us that every day so that we can remember to give back to you and glorify you through all that we do. Open our hearts and our minds as we read together this morning. And just speak through me that we can be better examples for your kingdom this week than we were last week. We ask all these things in your son's name. Amen. Our text this morning is going to come from Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14 verses 1 through 9 is where we're going to spend uh, the first part of our time. And we see a really unique story here of giving. Somebody that saw a chance to give, and they gave. I'm going to make one little caveat to what was said earlier. If you already have your check filled out, hopefully you have a second one that you can fill out after we get done this morning and that you feel kind of led to give another one. That would be great. If you gave an online gift, don't worry. The URL works twice. Um, there is no limit to the amount of times that you can give. But we'll start in verse 1. Now the Passover and the Festival of Unleavened Bread were only two days away. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and to kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or the people may riot. 
While he was in Bethany reclining at the table of the home of Simon the leper, a woman came in with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. Another gospel account, that's the joy of the gospels, is they kind of all piece it together through different perspectives, will tell you that that's worth a year's wages. That what she's about to bring in, in her terms, is that $53,000. This is a root fragrance from the Himalayan mountains that's just beautiful and kind of the top line of what you can imagine. And she's bringing it to the feet of Jesus. Made of pure nard, she broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were indignantly saying to one another, Why this waste of perfume? Keep reading. It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you always have with you, and you can help them in any way you want. But you will not always have me. And she did what she could, and she poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare me for my burial. Truly I tell you, whatever, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. We oftentimes take the woman's side in this and go, hey, she knew who Jesus was. She was ready to be a part of this crucifixion story that we're about to read about in chapter four, the back half of chapter 14 and chapter 15. But let's rewind. We have the privilege of knowing how this Bible ends. These guys are living it day in and day out. Imagine having the story of how your life's going to go and knowing how to interact in different points. These guys are living it day in and day out. She had no, she had an idea, but no clue of what was to come. And in that moment, I think I would tend to be more like the apostles than I would care to admit. Look around going, wow, do you realize what we could have done with X or with Y or with Z? Because that's our human nature. Because our human nature is to question we enter that place of questioning. But where the disciples should have been rejoicing at this woman's sacrifice, they started to calculate the value of what was there. But why did they do that? I want to tell you that it's because when your heart tries to have faith, your mind tries to make sense. And that's our, our title, if you want to put a title on it this morning, is Making Sense of Sacrifice. When your heart tries to have faith, your mind is going to try and make sense. When you give to God on a truly sacrificial level, it isn't always going to make sense. And that's the joy of it. It doesn't have to. When you give a good gift, it may be a little uncomfortable. It may require you to give up something. You may not be able to participate in that weekly golf outing that you normally do. You may have to go to bi-weekly. Whatever the case may be, it may require a little bit of you. In our human nature, it's easy to give something when you don't really have a lot. It's easy to feel just kind of 
going with the course of the river. But when you feel like you've earned it, when you feel like you have made it, uh, I am str- I am a entrepreneur by trade, I guess you would say, um, and I kind of have that desire to get to the next level. But when I get to that next level, it's nothing that I did. It's not just because I worked 45 hours a week that got me there. No, God moved me to that situation so I could make a difference for somebody. I've got to find and look with my eyes the opportunity that I get to make a difference in somebody's life. And that brings us to our first point, the example. The disciples hadn't put it all together as to who was truly sitting in the room with them. Many of these people followed Jesus throughout his entire ministry. And Mary, or this woman, knew the connection that Jesus was. She knew how it was going to piece together. She heard his teaching and saw the sacrifices that he spoke of and thought, surely if this man can put himself through all of this suffering, all this pain and this agony for me, I can give to him. One thing I want to remind us of, in the shadow of the cross, it's a privilege for us to be able to just give financially of our time, however we give, because we're not giving the ultimate gift. Jesus gave the ultimate gift for each one of us. But what's our excuse? The voice in our head saying, this is a little much of a gift financially? Or, you know, we just don't really have time to fit into our schedule. Because let's be honest, we're busy people. As a society right now, uh, we're coming out of two years of entrapment um, and lockdowns and all these different things. And we've got things to catch up on. We've got places to go, family to go see. Uh, I was talking earlier. We missed a lot in those two years. So what's our excuse? What are we thinking of that can keep us from giving to match Jesus? When you look at another gospel, you'll see a different version of the story. And in point two, I want to talk about the experience. Each one of us has had an experience with Jesus. In my 25 years, my experience may be a little different than yours. You may have gone through the loss of a child, the loss of a loved one, divorce. Whatever your experience is, is unique to you. But I hope now that you can see, and if you're going through it right now, I hope later on that you will see Jesus at work in you and through you. I want you to flip over to John chapter 12, and we're going to see this woman's experience. Why did she make this sacrifice? Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived whom he had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table. That's got to be a unique situation in and of itself right there. Here is one of Jesus' closest friends, uh, a man who Jesus loved dearly that was dead, and we can talk about that story another time, but here he is at this dinner. And then Mary... Aha, Lazarus' sister. The same woman who you flip over a chapter in chapter 11 
is standing at Jesus' feet, yelling at him, telling him, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. If you would have come sooner, everything would have worked out. We obviously know that story fairly well. Jesus delays himself three days. Lazarus passes away. Lazarus is in the tomb and has begun to stink, one of the Gospels tells us. And Jesus calls him out. She had an experience with Jesus unlike anything anyone around her could have understood. That's why her sacrifice didn't make sense. That's why your sacrifice won't make sense and honestly and truly doesn't have to make sense to anybody else. When you think about the experience you have had with Jesus Christ in your life and the power of God, that alone should compel you to give. Times are going to feel dark. They are. Um, I've been around ministry, like you said. Uh, my parents went to Faulkner University. My dad's been in ministry for 32 years now, so I've been around it all 25 years of my life. And I've seen, seen some dark stuff. Um, you know, families come to the door at 3 a.m. because they're going through a divorce and don't know where else to turn. I remember those days. I've seen it firsthand. I can't tell you the number of endless hours I've spent at hospitals and funeral homes um, because Sister Johnny's cousin who went to church with us one time, you run the list. I, I have seen the suffering that comes to a church, and that's going to happen. But 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, tells us to take, those, to take heed lest we fall. But not only to take heed, but to be aware and on the look for every temptation that is common to man, God will provide a way of escape that you are able to withstand it. Wow. That's a promise. That's not just an idea that's a thought that may happen. God will provide a way of escape. He is going to show you how that you can get through it. The expectation. Mary gave with the expectation that she had something to give back. Mary saw the sacrifice of Jesus and the experience that she had with him, and she knew she wanted to do something. She wanted to be involved. When a farmer plants a seed, he doesn't have a funeral for that seed. Well, why not? I mean, he lost a seed, right? No, the whole idea of a seed and a successful farmer is when he plants that seed, he's going to come back after spending time watering it, investing in it, pouring into it. It's going to be a tree or fruit of some sort. It's going to be better than when he put it in. It's going to be better than when he gave it to the ground. It's going to come out bigger, better, and more beneficial for him. So I want to ask you, have you broken your vase for God? We, we talked about it this morning. $53,000, whatever that item is in your mind, are you willing to leave it at the foot of the cross for everything that Jesus has done and not only has done, but will continue to do in your life? That's true sacrifice. That's matching what God did for each and every one of us.
as we finish this morning, I want to look at one more story. The story of the Good Samaritan. As I was thinking about it, the Good Samaritan is a very unique story from the standpoint of he shouldn't have helped in that situation. Everyone knows the bad blood that was between Samaritans and Jews and everybody else. The Samaritans were kind of the outcast of the world. In no way, shape, or form should that Samaritan man have stopped giving of his time, his energy, and his money to help that man who was beaten, tattered, and robbed, and left for dead recover. How many times do we do that? How many times do we look outside of our social circle? Do we look outside of our demographic? Do we look outside of our comfort level to be involved with somebody that we necessarily shouldn't be involved with? How many times are we willing to go, not just on a mission trip, but go and volunteer at the soup kitchen for the homeless, you know, on the third Saturday of the month? How many times do we even stop and just have a conversation with the homeless? Not to give, you don't have to give them anything. I'm not, that's a different issue and different conversation. But can you pass along and give them the hope of Jesus Christ? Can you encourage them by sharing with, your, sharing with them for two minutes, pulling over, reading a, your, two, your, two or three of your favorite verses with them? That may just be the encouragement that you can do. And that's where I want to challenge you. Yes, today is about how you can give and help Mission Sunday financially. That's great. And the church here would love your financial support. But not just financial support. Can you pray for the mission works that were listed this morning? How can you be involved? You may not be able to go on the trip to Liberia, but you can pray for the 15 people that are. You can do that, regardless of age, situation, health, anything like that. You can pray. Do you have something else you can donate? Uh, spring cleaning, I guess we're on the back half of that in April, um, but you may have some extra clothes, some jackets, whatever that case may be. Find a way that you can be involved. It doesn't have to be a monetary donation. There are many other things that you can donate. Donate your time. Come up and have packing trips. We used to do that when I was in the youth group growing up. Before the mission trip, we would come up and spend time together as a church packing suitcases, packing supply boxes, and those were great memories that people who weren't necessarily going on the trip but were able to be involved. Find a way that you can support the mission works that are done here at Vera Beach. That's how this church can be successful for the cause of Christ. Finish with this, Acts 4, 32-35. Now the full number of those who believed were with one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as, for as many as were owners of the lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet and was distributed to each as they had need. This 
was a group who understood sacrifice and caring for their community and caring for the word and the gospel of Christ. This is what that looks like. You want to see a group that was, like it says, in one accord? Read Acts 2 through 5. You see the church is growing exponentially in those three, verse, or those three chapters. And it's because of things like this. We talked about this morning. This church may have a great heart for missions and for supporting those missions. I know from a Mount Dora standpoint, you do. And thank you for that. But don't lose that. Continue to see the love of Christ and to continue to show love of Christ in everything that you do.